Welcome back, everybody, to Scurry and the Scrub. I'm Matt DeMarinas. He's Jordan Scurry, and we are back in your lives because it's basketball season right around the corner. We are, should we do the daily countdown? What is it? One, two, three, four. Eight days, right? Exactly five weeks away. Oh, exactly. Oh, yeah, wait. Weeks. I got the NBA. I got the NBA. I'm all confused. I'm sorry. We're back yeah. at it, though. I'm excited we to be are. here. Exactly five weeks away from the opening tip, opening night for the Creighton men's and women's basketball teams. Uh, probably, not probably, definitely the most hyped offseason in the history of either of these programs. So we're going to dissect uh, what's back, what the excitement's all about. We're going to break down the schedules. We're going to give our predictions. This is the only time you will hear predictions from either of us. Going forward after that, it's just analysis because you know we hate giving predictions because things change. Um, so right now, tonight is your one time only, assuming everybody is healthy going forward and no bad stuff happens. Um, these are your predictions you'll get. So enjoy them, savor them, and wait till the season's over to tell us how wrong or right we were. Uh, Jordan, what's up, man? Are you ready to talk some hoops or what? That 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 just sounded like your whole rationale there just sounded like a whole just now we're gonna have everyone viewing this, getting the receipts from this episode specifically, yeah. just to make sure. Yeah, and things change, all right. So we we had you have the disclaimer, you said it. So I'm glad Great. you said it. We got that out the way. But yeah, this is the speculation pod. We're happy to be mm-hmm. back, and so we're gonna get it rolling. I'm excited. Yeah, this is where you Everyone can keep all the receipts from this episode only. After that, it's they're not getting any more. So, so let's go. Morning. Let's go. Let's give them reasons to get mad at us. I love it. <laughs> all right. So right now we are about three weeks in to practice. For um, I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. This is the week three. So this is week three of practice for both teams. Um. So Jordan, go back into that college kid like studying for finals. Um. Fall break right around the corner two days running up and down the floor <laughs> what's going on what's going on in the minds of these dudes right now as they're trying to gear up for that opener in five weeks i mean initially man i can't wait to play somebody man i can't yeah. wait to play somebody else specifically um but really it's when just... does that wear in real quick when does that wear in when are you tired of whipping your whipping on each other when is that when does that stop about usually it's right after the inner squad scrimmage. And if I'm not mistaken, what's that like two weeks in? So, yeah, that's usually like the second weekend, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, two weeks in, that's when you're usually tired. about two weeks in because come on, you got to think about it. You're going at it since the summer. Like, obviously, it's not as structured as when practice rolls around and it's you know, defensive slides and uh, you know, sprints at the end of practice, and not as much skill work, but. It's 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 heavy on the mental, and so you just get ready to kind of go beat up on someone else. And like everything that you're learning, you want to go apply it, and you want to see how well it works against other people. Because you know everyone knows the plays. It's about the time people start cheating the plays. You're not getting the first reads, second reads, and third reads is all you're getting now. So it, it's interesting because you like to see where some of the new wrinkles that Mac puts in, and especially with this personnel, where it's really going to work out in terms of the first reads and how connected they are defensively, what rosters are going to be thrown out there. Uh, and just as a player, you're thinking about that too internally. Obviously, you have the blue and white teams, but you're ready to see what kind of rosters Mac's going to throw out there, where you're going to fit in and try to find your groove. Love that you brought that up too because I was just at women's practice Saturday, last Saturday. And – uh Freshman Brittany Harsh is Brittany Harshaw is a freshman on the team, and she got called out for cheating the cheating one of the plays. 
Oh, I had was to be it? the king. Of, I had to be the king of that. I got sick. Really? Of, it, it was. Come on. The amount of times I got sick of Marcus Foster getting all the first reads, me getting lit up on screens, that I was just like, you know what? I'm not running through the screen today. I'm cheating this play. And it, I would. It, get, I would it is funny that. how it screws up the defense though when you cheat a play because you screw up the timing of where everyone's supposed to be in the certain spots, right? So it, like the, it's noticeable. The worst part is when. The starting team, because like obviously I was, I never had the experience of being on. You know, is it still white squad? The starting squad is the uh, white, or they switched to blue now? No, blues, 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 blues the starting. Wow, team. how things have changed. So no, even blue, it's blue and gray. Oh mm-hmm. wow, yeah. See, we only had the gray my senior year, and we still called that white. That's that's how right. far we've come. How far we have come. But no, I would I would just get sick of it. But the worst was when you would have the whole offense stop the play just because I cheated it. Like, come on, man, like. That's what I mean. You guys, you can't just stop in the middle of a game. And you know, my man Coach Les would always he he would he was the defensive guru, so he would always have my back on that one. Uh, so I know these guys are getting antsy to get out there and beat up yeah. on someone else. Well, October twenty second, they're going to play at Iowa State at Hilton Coliseum. So that's the close scrimmage. So they'll be able to beat up on or try to beat up on someone else um, that night. So they don't have to wait too long to face a different opponent. Um. So yeah, right now the objectives right now for the team. I mean, clearly stated from Mac, because they want to start playing fast again. Last year, obviously, with all the injuries, and you know, it really hampered their depth. And then you just look at kind of the way they were playing offensively; it didn't really um, suit a fast up tempo style, right? Um, so they want to get back to that though, because they think they have a lot of depth. Uh, they think the guys have all gotten better. Obviously, the that were young guys last year. Um, better with a year of experience. So that's kind of the challenge right now. And I think that's something that people maybe don't understand outside the program because they see it on game night. And they kind of know that you guys are going to try to create a 75-plus possession game, right? You know what's jarring to me watching that process play out in practice? And I, um, I know you can speak to this is like how fast you actually have to play in practice in order to be ready to play fast on game night. Cause it's like, it's, it's a different level, right? Cause you, you have to, I mean, it was guys are like halfway through the thing and they're basically just starting five on five and everybody's hands are on their knees, hands are on their hips. If they're against the wall, lean in like they're gassed. How taxing is it ramping up to that style to where you don't, you know, where you're in like January and February and it's five minutes left in the game and you're not gassed because of all that conditioning you did in the preseason. I would say you have to actually play twice as fast in practice. That's because, <laughs> twice as fast. That's crazy. Because in practice, it's different. Like, because one, you're trying to obviously show this is like when you're the freshest, so to speak, right? So you want to show where you are when you're at your fastest. And that's what you're trying to demonstrate to the coaching staff. But also during games, you have so much adrenaline and there's a lot of other things going on where it's like you don't think about it as much. In practice, it's just you're there. So you have to you're you're trying double time to go even faster and you're learning all this new information. By the time the season rolls around, by the time games roll around, you're not thinking as much because you've done it so many times, so many reps. But in the preseason, this time specifically, think about trying to think running as fast as the Creighton office wants to play i i personally don't think i think that fast so it was very difficult for me to pick up and it took years of learning the plays for me Mm -hmm. but these guys who have the ability like the nemhards and trey alexanders to pick up 
the pace of the game that Mac wants to play at and also mentally see plays before they happen, especially from that point guard position, brief mm-hmm. as well. It's crazy. I can't some some of the stuff I can't wrap my head around how fast you have to play as a point guard and how much you have to know in this offense. So I definitely say it's it's twice as fast and twice as much information in practice. Because when you get to the game, it's a lot more scripted than it is. Well, not scripted. That's a poor way to put it. It's a lot more, uh, I guess, in it's a lot more instinctual during the game yeah, than it is in memory. practice. Yeah, muscle memory, right? Yeah, I totally get what you're saying. So that's one one of the things that uh, so we obviously have if you're not if you're not familiar yet we have the series the preseason series on Patreon right now uh, we moved the Blue Jay beat behind the paywall it's four ninety nine it's a humble humble asking price but we've got a bunch of interviews one on one in depth conversations with all these guys so far as we kind of ramp up the preseason so you know we've talked to Trey Alexander Sharif Mitchell Ryan Nemhard Ryan Kalkbrenner uh, so far so go check those out if you haven't but one thing on to Jordan's point about how fast you have to play and think. And, you know, Ryan Nemhard uh, talks about that in, in a conversation um, on Patreon is all the things that go into what a point guard has to read and react to, not just with the ball, off the ball. Because I think that's something that's a misconception with Mac's system. They assume, you know, it's just, it's open floor pace. Like it's all transition and it's not. And you guys actually, and I think even Chris Holtman said this a couple of years ago when you guys played Ohio State at the CHI, was that you the really hard part about defending Creighton is more in the quarter court because of how fast everybody moves, and you're constantly cutting, you're constantly no one's stationary. There's not you don't play a lot of ISO ball. Um, that's the difficult part of it from a player standpoint because it, once you give that up, you can't just stand and wait. You got to give that up, and you got to cut somewhere. You got to screen for somebody. You got to space the floor. So if someone's, if you give that up on a DHO, and there's three guys occupying your area, one of you has to move. You know what I mean? Because you have to constantly space that floor out, and that's all read and react to each other, isn't it? Like that's all basic. You know, you're not. You can't just tell someone to go, go, go. Like you have to be able to read where somebody is next to you, and if they're in the right spot, to you know, catch and shoot or set a screen or set a flare or pin down or just book it to the opposite corner. You know what I mean? That's the really hard part. That's the really intricate part about Creighton's offense. It's free flowing, but it has to be connected too. And that comes with the familiarity of the reps you guys put in, in the, in the preseason. And it goes to your point that you were just making about muscle memory. Cause once you, all those reps you simulate in the preseason, it is muscle memory, play with each other and play off of each other once the season starts going around because you don't have to talk about it. You just you just like you put the ball up and you know where you gotta you gotta either cut across the floor, set a screen, uh, you know, space out to the wing, all those kinds of things, right? And on top of that, it's the anticipation. So it's like building that rapport with your teammates so you know, especially from that point guard position, what to do when you get off the ball. Because to your point, it actually is the hardest part about like the point guard position is knowing what to do once you get off the ball and knowing when is the appropriate time to go back and get it. So it's really knowing when you, you know, kick to the wing and then fade out to that corner, 
it's knowing, are you going to fill or are you going to cut baseline? Who is with you? It depends. Are you going to ever cut through the post? Are you going to go around? Are you going to set a hammer screen? Like you have to know your personnel even more so to make those decisions. And so that's what this early part of the year, like right now, is that figuring it out process of knowing what you're going to do around what group of players. And so I, to go back to, I know I keep hashing on it, but that's why I think these guys are so excited because you can do it so many times in practice. But until you see another team react and you see how they're guarding you, because obviously since these guys see each other every day, they know each other's tendencies. They see what they're shooting from three and their percentages. You know, Max got them all. So (laughs) these guys know how to guard each player. But it's when the other team doesn't know certain things about a certain player shooting percentage and how they've shot this offseason this year that creates a different reaction that is usually how the Creighton off st- offense starts flowing because it's just reacting to different situations when you have that type of anticipation. Yeah, I love it. It's a crazy process to watch play out too because it there's so many moving parts that once you put it together, but then you Control find yourself. Chaos. Yeah, right? It is controlled chaos, but then you get in these games where everything clicks. And, you I mean, it was like your senior year that basically whole whole month of February, you guys were on fire. And you could tell it was all because you just had so many reps with each other that it was like everything you were doing was like second nature. You know, when Ty's running this way, you know where Mitch is going. When Marcus is going that way, you know where DJ's going. Like, you guys played off of each other so well. And that's why you blew teams out of the gym because, like, you can't guard movement like that. You know what I mean? You can try to take some things away, but when it's all clicking like that, you're basically just hoping for misses. Right? Well, while you're on this, can I can I throw it to you for a question then? Yeah. What it what it what would you say? Because obviously you've seen this team up close and personal. What would you say are the biggest differences between my senior year's team at this point in the year and this team now? At this point in the year? At this Man. point, early. It's early. It's obviously yeah, early. Davion so. was Davion was still healthy right now. Or wait, he probably just gosh, he I mean he rolled that thing right before fall break, didn't he? So maybe not. Um yeah, I mean, just the uh, the first thing that comes to mind is shooting. Like this this Creighton team um has more size, I think, across the board. But and maybe even more athleticism up and down. Yeah. Definitely more because I'm trying to think guys coming off the bench. Yeah. So this team definitely has more athleticism and size, this current roster. Your squad, uh, I mean, I've never seen a squad that could shoot like that. Not 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 as deep as it was. Like the 13-14 squad with Doug had some really good shooters on it. But I think there was like, you know, Doug and Ethan were like elite, you know, shooters, and then everybody else was just very good. I think as you work your way down the roster, um, your your squad was. I mean, I, dude, you you were a good shooter and you hardly got some run. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that's what I'm talking that's about. What I'm like, saying I was DJ when DJ was healthy, he was forty percent. Dens could shoot at forty percent. Mitch could shoot from the you know on the side of the half court at forty percent. Uh, Marcus like had f- numerous like five for five games. Uh, Ty was a walking bucket. You know what I mean? Like there was there was a lot of times, especially when you guys went small, where it was like five three point shooters on the floor right now. Five, there's five dudes who can who have range at the at, on the floor at the moment. So yeah, that's the, that, those are probably the differences between the two squads. Off the top it. of my head is shooting and size and athleticism. 
I just gave somebody a lob to go clip that up so that when this team is shooting at a higher percentage than my senior year's team, they're going to throw this one back in your face. <laughs> Jesus. If this year's squad shoots better than your team did, they're, they might, they might go undefeated. Anything is possible, man. Anything is possible. I'm not excited. I, that will be the shocking thing for me. If this team shoots as well as you guys did, I, all right. They will. I don't think they'll lose. I don't even know how they would. I love it. I just marked that. I just marked this point in the podcast to go back to to have this receipt. Jordan hired a producer in his spare time, apparently, and he's having him go back and mark this point. I did not. Um, Don't lie to the people. I ain't got that kind of money. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah. um, But you know what's another fascinating talking point? I think that I'm hearing a lot from these guys. Um, And I asked Trey Alexander specifically about it in in our conversation. Creighton wants to play fast, right? And in my mind, I've always like thought that comes at a detriment because I don't know how you can be aggressive and locked in every possession defensively while playing at that pace. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, we, we I, I definitely want to ask Mac that when we have our preseason chat with him. Um, so maybe I'm wrong, but I always feel like you have to give some either way. Does that make sense? Like. If you totally. want to be elite defensively, I think you have to sacrifice some things on offense. You have to be, I think you have to be a little bit more simple on offense and what you're doing and just let the guys kind of do some, do their own thing. If you want to them to be locked in with all the details on defense and, and be elite on that end of the floor. So the same token, I think if you want to play super fast, run tempo, shoot threes and, 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 you know, Play uh, play seventy five plus possession games on offense. I think that comes with some give on the defensive end too, because it is attack. You're taxing yourself from a physical standpoint, so I think you have to balance that. So the question I have coming into this year with this with this squad, because they have deliberately said up and down they want to get back to playing Creighton basketball, and that means playing fast, shooting threes, um, you know, hanging eighty instead of sixty. Can they mesh that? Is it is it possible? Because last year after Christmas, they basically were a top ten team defensively. So can they be in that range defensively if they get back to being in that range offensively? That's my question for you. So two things to that. Because I think the real question you're getting at is is it sustainable for a full year? Hundred percent. And I I don't know. I don't know. Because it really does depend. So it depends on how many people are playing. Because it's not sustainable if you're just rolling out seven or eight guys to okay. play that high at a D. Which like, is normally it, it, what Mac Which does, is normally right? what Mac does, exactly. Right. It, but in, even in my experience, I don't think it's sustainable. Because I don't think throughout the course of a year, you can have that much just grinding on your body like to be able to even – like have that same defensive presence that even when we like were last year, one of the top 10 defensive teams by Christmas time, it's not sustainable towards the end of the year, unless you're playing more guys yeah. from a defensive standpoint. But then I think the offense doesn't click as well. If you're adding more guys into that, but I don't know for that one with That's this an interesting team. point too. I, had, I hadn't considered that because you're right about offensive flow. Comes with that familiarity, right? And normally, because our offensive flow, you break when you bring guys off the floor, you break in rhythm, aren't you? Yes, you're giving them rest, but you're also breaking rhythm, right? Definitely, definitely. And so that's what I can say. That's where 
I think you, you said it well, where there's a give and a take. So I think that's where it lies. But I have seen what I've seen over the past few years, just from the way that Mac even is like controlling practices and the rest he's given guys like during game weeks and things like that, maybe yeah. it can be sustainable. And obviously I've talked countless times on this podcast about Jeremy Anderson and the work he does in terms of preparing guys bodies for the season. Maybe it can be sustainable, but that might be the optimist in me that wants to believe everything Creighton basketball is going to go good. Um, yeah. But you know, like I, so, so I guess like maybe it can be, but it's going to be a difficult task for them. And I think it just depends on how many guys we see rolled out, how many different rosters, and just how Mac overall coaches. Just I guess the personnel this year. Yeah, it is going to be interesting. Another question. Uh, or a question mark with this roster is the shooting we brought up earlier. Um, so I don't know how many people are considering it when, because I mean, all, right now the national conversation around Creighton is like, yeah, they're a, they're a consensus top ten team, uh, final four. I'm gonna say contender because Dark Horse doesn't even really do it justice. I don't think. So I think they're a final four contender and a national championship contender. Um and and the favorite in the Big East. Well, they lose Ryan Hawkins and Alex O'Connell, who, I mean, when you look at the three-point shooting and you try to answer that question, that's my question here. Is Hawk and AO hit 144 threes between the two of them, and they shot 34%. Yeah. The rest of the team hit 90 and shot 27%. So they add they do add Baylor Shireman and Francisco Farabello and Mason Miller is off his redshirt year. So Baylor and Francisco at South Dakota State and TCU last year, uh, they hit 121 threes between them and shot 44% from three. So they have added shooting in the transfer portal. And then Mason Miller um, is off his redshirt year, and 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 he's a really good shooter too. So they they have added three shooters to the roster to, to you know, theoretically replace Hawk and AO. But I still feel like that's a question that should – be asked right like can this team shoot well enough to play as fast as they want to play yes but i also think the experience of especially just trey ryan um just even arthur kaluma like coming off of last year i think even those three will take better shots this year because they know the flow of the offense offense in game better and Mm. i think their three-point percentages each one of them will be up uh, but I do think there is a question mark that lies within this team in terms of where ultimately is like the main shooting going to come from. You sound, I want to say so much like Mac right now. I don't know if you realize that, but I, I didn't I mean, think it was going to happen the further away you got from it. But Mac always talks about the type of shots you're taking. It is a, a higher percentage. What it's of about. Yeah. It's what it's about. It, 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 it's not. Just, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if you realize you. Said I hate. That. I hate that I you're like, painting me to sound now like I'm giving I, a Creighton media generic answer because that's not my thing. It's never been my thing. <laughs> so now I got to switch up my whole answer for you. But I guess, I guess, yeah. No, I. It's really just. It's going to be a question mark, but there's so many guys on this team. I believe are going to want to seize that opportunity of being that shooter because, like, or being in that role to be called upon as a shooter at any yeah. given moment. To be trusted think, with the green light, right? Yeah, to be trusted with the green light. So yeah. I think once – it's just going to have to be how the season plays out. And what I keep – I hate that I keep going back to this about what lineups are being thrown out there, but that has a lot of, lot to do with it. And I think that's going to ultimately decide 
like where the shooting comes from when you see what combinations of lineups are being thrown out there. And it, and it goes hand in hand with what we just talked about with defense, right? Because if you don't trust your depth, then you have to sacrifice something. So you, you either want you either th- if you're limited from a shooting perspective and you want to keep guys on the floor because of that, you're going to you're going to have to give some on the defensive end, aren't you? So like in yeah. order to yeah, uh, if, if if guys don't level up in the shooting department, you're going to have to sacrifice either some of that depth and, or some of that tempo in order to play as well as you want on the defensive end of the floor. And vice versa is if you have the guy who is, you know, highest percentage three-point shooter and he's got the green light if he's giving you nothing on defense then yeah what are you gonna do exactly that's 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 the other part of it too right so yeah i feel better about my answer now and i hate that i keep going back to it but i feel better about my answer because that's that's the truth it is no you're i think it's 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 just funny that it, it came out as smoothly as it did because that's what we've heard for years like for the last decade was the type of shots you take you know, lead to the percentages you shoot more often than just being a good shooter. Because good shooters yeah. can take bad shots and not shoot as high a percentage, percentage as they as they would normally. And I think that's what I, I think is what Mac feels about this team. I don't yeah. I, I don't think you can look at this you know this team last year and say, oh that was a good shooting team. It wasn't. But that doesn't mean I don't think that the coaching staff believes they have bad shooters. I think yeah. they, I think they have good shooters that just don't that didn't quite understand the type of shot they needed to be taking because they're and, and I don't even necessarily think they were taking bad shots, but they weren't taking the best shots for Creighton. If you get what I mean, because that's so different from any team in the country. Like what is a good shot for most colleges is not what it is for like. And that's the other part is that Creighton actually isn't in the business of trying to get good shots. You get, every player on the roster can get a good shot. But Mac doesn't coach the team trying to get good shots. Mac didn't build his career off of trying to get good shots. He built it off of great shots. And so especially great threes. And so I think this team has a much better grasp of it than they did last year. And so I'm very interested to see the type of offense they'll throw out there. And I think the indicators of that are going to be how many one more passes do you see this year? How many back crack off ball screens do you see? The hammer screens. And how many times do you see guys drive, kick, skip drive kick one more like how many times can they change sides of the floor there's going to be a lot to it i'm excited i'm i'm so excited i got to stop hyping it up myself up here it's okay i mean you're spot on because like i think you're just going i think you're just harking back harking back to your days like cuz that's what it is cuz there are t- you do a lot of drills in practice that don't lead to shots you know the nova drill is one in time like you're constantly you know jump stop in the paint kick out swing 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 you know and then, like it's it's four passes minimum before our child goes up, kind of thing. There's a lot of drills like that, so it trains you to, you know, not hunt the great shot because you can get too passive, but it trains you to, you know, move the ball around the floor, and by you know by proxy of that, a great shot presents itself because you because of the movement of the players and the ball. The defense it's just, can't keep, can't it's just so ball. excited when it gets clicking. Like it's just so exciting because in practice you do all these drills, and then it applies in a game, and then it gives even more purpose to those drills. So to your, like to what we were talking about before, at this point in the season, you get kind of sick of doing those one more drills. You're at the point you've been doing them since beginning of summer or middle of summer, whenever it is. 
and then you're at the point now that you're like, okay, some of the new guys are like, what are we, why we got to keep doing this? And you're like, you're going to see, man, you're going to see, wait till you get in this game and the amount of one more passes you actually need to make for this offense to be successful. The amount of times we need to switch the ball sides of the floor, maybe hit the corner, sprint out, sprint from the top to the bottom of the corner. Like the amount of times you need that to actually happen in games. So it reimburses everything that's going on in practice is huge. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's break down the schedule. I said this is going to be the only time people will get us on the record predicting stuff. Um, so let's let's get into that, and then we'll talk about – we'll switch gears to the women's team and do the same for them. Let's go. I'm excited. I'm about to just make every Big East fan base mad at me right now. It's my time. <laughs> I'm clutch with the mute button, by the way. I just burped, and I had to – I don't think it picked up, though. That's good. Nice. Yeah. I've nice. learned we're getting better. I, I, See, we're getting better. Yeah, Season three. We're back and better than ever, baby. Okay. All right. So uh yeah, we're five weeks away from game one, November seventh. By the way, I'm just being I'm gonna be straight up with you guys. I am not gonna go to that game. I'm just I'm pr- kind of breaking that news to white and blue review too. My boss is gonna be like, What? Yeah, because the women are playing South Dakota State that night. That's like a top twenty five season opener. Like South Dakota State won the NIT last year. And obviously Creighton went to the Elite Eight, and both of those squads brought so many players back. It's insane. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to Brookings. The Frost is going to be lit that night. Yeah, And, no, and, I, Creighton, I, and Creighton's going to beat St. Thomas by 50, so, I, you know, it's not a waste of my time. I think um, that's anyway. fair. I don't think St. Thomas is going to be a great indicator of a lot of the things you were even saying. Uh, besides, yeah. I mean, the I'm offensive I'm just going to say it right now. Creighton's going to beat the brakes off everybody in the non-con at home. So I'm I'm not predicting. Oh, why? they're playing okay. Saint Thomas. Interesting, uh, interesting at home. That was interesting. Yeah. Last Saint Thomas, North that. Dakota, okay. Holy Cross, into Riverside, it. and Nebraska. Those are the f- five. Yeah, those are the five home games at CHI this year. Saint Thomas, North Dakota, Holy Cross, Riverside, and the Huskers. So you're I mean, clearly like, feeling some way about they're the gonna non- they're at gonna, home games. Average margin of victory is thirty. Like the, I'm not going below it. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna smoke teams at, at CHI this year. All right. Well, I <laughs> hope my bets. My, I hope my wallet. I mean, are you? And my yeah. So St. Thomas, North Dakota, that. Holy Cross, UC Riverside. Are you bringing a loss in there anywhere? That's four and zero. No. Right? Yeah. No, but let's get into the ones that you do think are going to be a loss because you are, you okay. are very, very really? nice. You, you nice place of the at home in that statement there. So I'm excited to get into this with you and see yeah, what your thoughts del- are on these. That was other, deliberate. Other games. That was deliberate on my part. All right, so we're both starting off 4-0. So far, Scurry and the Scrub on the same page. All right, so then they go to Maui. So it's Texas Tech, uh, who won't have their best big man for that match. Oh, match, sorry, it's fall sports uh, for that game. Um, now I'm trying to think what's the rest of the bracket. So it'll be Louisville, Arkansas. Arkansas will probably win that. And then I'm, I'm guessing I really like Arizona again this year. I think Arizona's coming out of the other side of that. So I'm going to say Texas Tech, Arkansas, and Arizona are the three teams that are going to play in Maui. Do you have any differences there? Nope. Spot on. What do I got? Do you, you, think, you think Arizona's like coming out of the Ohio State, Cincinnati? I can't remember the fourth team. Who's the fourth team on the other side of that? Let's click the bracket and find out, Matt. Yeah, let's see. Um. Oh, San Diego State. Oh, I'd love a good revenge game against San Diego. Well, I think Arizona is. I think Arizona is going to handle Cincinnati. Ohio State, San Diego State is going to be really interesting. I think San Diego is going to win that. Yeah, that's that was the one I was up in the air on, but I thought San Diego State, and then I think Arizona over them. So that's my prediction. Yeah, for sure. I'm the same way too. I think I'm. 
San Diego State's going to be really good this year, but I think Arizona will beat them. So, I, so I have them playing Texas Tech, Arkansas, and Arizona, and I think I'm just going to say two and one because I that's I think that's a really tough ask. Those are three really good teams, and I think this Creighton team is still one. They're still kind of young, relatively speaking, to their core, and two. I think it's going to take a little bit to, you know, to mesh. Like I don't, I don't expect it to mesh right away. Yeah, um, I think it'll take some time to figure out some things. And honestly, looking at that Arkansas team and teams, like especially SEC teams, early in the year, just the way they come out defensively. And I'm really just going back to uh, my experience in playing uh, Auburn in uh, the Virgin Islands is what this is making me think of and how good their defense was, uh, just especially right out the gate. It's going to be a tough ask to see this team flow um, like that soon. But, hey, going to be an optimist, say it could happen for you. But I don't know. I'll I'll say two and one as well. Um, I expect them to beat Texas Tech for sure with the hype of it being the first game. Uh, but then the next game, I'm not so sure on. So I think you can tell in the tone of my voice that could be an L there. So what game? Do, I'm trying to think what game they go into after that. So like, I think I think they'll win the first one, and that'll put it'll make it Creighton, Arkansas, San Diego State, and Arizona. So I think they'll play. So I have them. I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna say they lose to Arkansas on day two, and they they rematch San Diego State. And then we get in the revenge game against San Diego State. But I don't think it'll be a revenge game. I think they'll beat them. Again. It's revenge for me. All right. Oh, it's sorry, revenge I for me. I for- you forgot. You forgot that. The- Wait, they just beat them in the NCAA tournament. That wasn't revenge enough for you. No. The end of their, is, end of their no, season it, last year. No, I needed. I need it to still be the early you season. Want oh, so it's okay. Dang, you're gonna. You're, you're, it has to be the same time around. Got to come back. You're a needy mofo. Got to come back around that early season tournament. It does not feel good to lose in those, and especially you, the way we so, lost that game. So you do you have to beat the straight to beat the brakes off them like they did no. you or no just no. beat them again okay no you just gotta beat them all right so the NCAA tournament wasn't enough payback for you then I thought I thought it was this whole time I mean it I never was. brought it up again because I thought you were I thought you had settled the beef it was but now I just decided it would be it would make me feel even better because this time of year especially these early season tournaments yeah. make that it, it just sometimes it comes like a like a fever see, dream, I, it just like hits me. I'm the, like, oh, yeah. The look, the look in your eyes right now is San Diego I, State. I don't even like looking at the logo sometimes during. Like, if I see, you know, when you see like the graphics of the Maui yeah. Invitational and San Diego State's on there, I'm like, oh, uh-huh. no, okay, I beat them. Jordan, Jordan clicked on the Maui bracket and chose violence all of a sudden. All right, so yeah, that's what I got going down. I got, I got Creighton over Texas Tech, L to Arkansas, Dub over San Diego State in the Jordan Scurry payback game. Yes, sir. How, you, how do you have it going down? Same way. I can have it going down the same way, or San Diego State can end up even I, I, no matter who they like play. Kool Aid drinker, and you you predicted the same way I did. No, I predicted thought, the I same thing, but I'm saying here's here's my here's my disclaimer though. Even if San Diego State wins and they face Arizona by some chance, I still I got them I got them winning that because if they oh, if Arizona loses okay. if Arizona loses that means something's wrong and that means we're gonna beat them. So I'm just throwing that out there too. Just in case okay. the opposite that's, scenario happens. That's all. That's, that's all. Interest- all right. That's a good twist on it. I like that. You're kind of like that's so all. you're calling you're calling a dub in the third and fourth place game, regardless. Then what you're saying. Yep. And okay. I think that and which which I kind of now I'm talking myself into liking that scenario better because yep. I think if some does happen where Arizona loses that and we beat Arizona in that third game, which I think uh-huh. we will, 
that win will actually carry more weight. Obviously. Oh yeah. Oh, I agree with that. Yeah. I agree. I, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, for sure. So I'm, I'm I starting would... to. I'm, I just talked myself into actually kind of liking that scenario better, but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Fair enough. I'm going to let you take the first, take the next one first, because uh, there's a few allegiances here. Your boy Christian Bishop, Christian Bishop, game baby. Your boy Christian Bishop plays for Texas, uh, so that yeah, the Jays are going to go down to Austin for the Big Twelve Big East battle. By the way, I'm going to say like in a larger sense this year i think the big east is gonna get dog walked in there <laughs> when you look at the matchups that are laid out there i don't know if they're gonna win three games like i, I did not i did not like the breakdown this year i did not think yeah. it was they did there's some, there's some setups man. Justice. there's some there was there's some setups there's like they're trying to get the big 12 over on some stuff right here because like they're those are not like well good matchups this is because this is because i don't know what the big 12 in Big East, the differences in TV contracts, but they're just trying to hype oh. it up for a conference play. They want the Big 12 to be hyped up going into their conference play during their okay. season. I don't know what their deal is. I'm just speculating here. Told y'all I mean, this the, is a speculation I, podcast. I mean, the game so is on, the game is on ESPN for Creighton, Texas, so that's that's Big 12 contract right there. So see, there we go. Yeah. So I was right as always. But what I right, say, so go ahead at Texas. What you got? The Christian Bishop game, which I yeah. am. Doing my best to make my way out to got a couple work things, trying to move around, but definitely trying to make that out to that game. You know, support my guy Christian, support my squad Creighton. So I'm torn. I knew you so would I, be. Why I wanted I am, to go first? Are you giving your boy torn. an L? Or are you back in the blue? I'm very torn on that one. He's not even gonna make a call. What a sissy! I'm gonna make a call, but you're not gonna like me. Because I think yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Texas. Hey, I'm with you. I think that I think I think Texas is gonna. I'm win. gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go with Texas that game. I think Texas is gonna win that one. Yeah, I'm I don't, think, to I, say I don't hate you. For I don't that. even want to. I don't even really want to get into why. But yeah, I got wait, Texas. Wait, one, man. Wait. Now I have to ask why. No, no, I don't want to get into it. All right. This is the show you have to get into it on. This is speculation, pod. Yeah. Well, how about you get? What's your why? I get oh, my well, answer first, so you okay, give me okay. your why first. All right, all right, all right. My why, <laughs> my why is like I just I don't think they're gonna roll through this non-con. I just don't. So I have to find, you know, hiccups somewhere, and they damn sure aren't losing to Nebraska. So I got them losing to Texas and then coming back and like being pissed off and walking Nebraska around the CHI like a like you help an old old person to their seat. They're gonna do that to Nebraska. Like they're gonna be like, come on. Come on, you know, like that's that's gonna be like a you know a total mismatch. So I think in order for that to happen, they're coming in off of a loss, short notice, quick turnaround, and they're just gonna they're just gonna whip Nebraska after that. So that's my yeah. that's my logic on it. So that's why I have them losing at Texas. Yeah, I think plus, that's it's, on, plus it's on ESPN, so I think they're gonna get screwed. You know, like because the Big Twelve ain't losing on ESPN. They're gonna they're not gonna lose the ESPN games. I think that's good logic. Also, and I think coming off, I was even going to say just coming off, if they beat a Arizona or San Diego State at the end of the first scenario there that we highlighted, yeah. I think that's going to be, it's going to take a lot to accomplish that. And so I'm not going to look past that and say that they're going to be at, you know, full strength, so to speak, for that Texas game. So mm-hmm. I think the Texas game is just, I guess, the reason I'm saying why is it's a setup game. I think it is a setup game for sure. Yeah, I think the whole Big 12 Big East battle is set up. Yep. 
All right. Cool. It feels we're like on one, it feels page. like one of those movie sting operations where like you walk in there and you immediately feel like your death is like imminent. You're like, that's what it feels like with the Big Twelve Big East battle this year. It's like, yeah, Big Big East is gonna walk in there and go, wait a second, why does it feel like we're we're about to get shot up? You know? Yeah, definitely. So, I agree. All right, so yeah, I already said Nebraska was a dub, and I don't think it's gonna be close. Like I said, I don't think any of the home games are gonna be close this year. I I don't. Yeah, I think they're gonna kill all of them. Yeah, you think I gotta go undefeated at home? Is that what you're saying? In the non-con for sure. Dang, I tried. I tried to get the. I tried to get the whole year out of you, but well, I had to. I had to. I got to see how everything staggers together. Like you know, when you come back off that road trip, like you know, how you looking? How much rest do you have? So, so you're only gonna make your. You haven't not, even made a prediction on Nebraska yet. Are you predicting an L or what? Like, why are you not saying it? There's a reason. Yeah. I, I I feel like I don't even have to say it. Like, I, mean, I okay. think for the rest of yeah. my life, my prediction is going to be Creighton. I don't even think. <laughs> I I actually, how about this? If I ever think that Creighton will lose to Nebraska, I'll uh-huh. be sure to let the I'll be sure to come right here to this podcast to let everybody know that I'm I'm worried. But until I'm worried, I'm not even going to speak on that school in Lincoln. It's do you, yeah. That's side question, real quick. Do the out of towners? We're gonna call you an out of town. We're gonna call you the out of towner because like you're the you're the Creighton player that came from out of state. So like you have to learn about the Creighton Nebraska dynamic, right? Yeah. Um. What What do you <laughs> mean do dynamic? You, you mean the fatherhood or? Yeah. Well, that's like part how... of it. But like, how much it matters to the fan base, like. They dread oh, that. They yeah, dread that yeah. game because they know if Nebraska gets them, they got to hear about it all year, and vice versa. So like, there's a lot of nervous energy around that. No matter how good the Creighton team can be, like you know what I mean, the F- Creighton's fans are always nervous. Yeah, about that game. I'm I'm glad we're highlighting this because like I feel like that's the game fans care about more than players. Hundred percent. That's that's the one because I don't like really think i was all like especially freshman year, i don't think we were all too gassed up for that game other than the fact that it was a said rivalry i didn't know about mm-hmm. it even a year in that was too early and think about it that's my i ain't even got a half a year in college yet i, 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 I didn't even yeah. i didn't really i didn't really like grasp that rivalry and right. so it really did take about a year to meet to understand that oh this is this is so the fans can talk that junk all year. This is yeah, this exactly. isn't for us. But yeah, we yeah. you know we wanted to make the fans proud. We want people to be able to talk. That's right. That's right. I just want. I just didn't know if the players felt that nervous energy or not when it's Nebraska time, like time to play the Huskers. No, no nervous energy. But we we can tell when the fans get extra hype. That's for sure. <laughs> okay, so we're going to Vegas next. A uh, little bit of a break. So they played Nebraska on Sunday. Um, then they. Go to Vegas for BYU on Saturday and then Arizona State on Monday. So it'll be a quick turnaround in Vegas, kind of tournament style or holiday tournament style. Um, yeah, so how's that going? BYU, Arizona State, that back-to-back in Vegas. I think that'll be an interesting back-to-back. Um, I got them winning BYU. Mm-hmm. And then, honestly, I could, I could, I could really see them getting the two. I can't lie to you. I could see them getting the two in a row. Um, and last year, I don't know how – what's what's the recruiting class for Arizona looking like? Do they have anybody I should know about if I don't know anyone? They have Bobby Hurley still. That's all I care about. Okay, yeah. So, because I thought the last year's Arizona State was pretty 
fluky to me. Like it was a very yes. winnable game. Hundred percent. So I think we're gonna get some get back that game. So I, I see him going two and zero there. Two yeah. and zero in Vegas. I'm calling two and zero in Vegas. So here's another thing that Trey Alexander mentioned on the podcast on the Patreon side. Uh, so check that out if you don't, because I think a lot of people are gonna laugh when I talk about this. And this is kind of why I'm picking them to beat Arizona State and go two and zero on this trip. Um, so the Providence game, which Jordan was at last year at the dunk. Um, yeah, so like I guess Trey and Arthur after that game, uh, kind of both like said to each other like we're gonna get them back at at MSG, like we're gonna play them again and we're gonna beat them, beat the shit out of them, because like the way Providence. Beat them handily, celebrated the beers all over the place. Like even the they left the game early. Like they ended the game with like what? How much? How much time was left? Like ten seconds or something like that. They yeah, didn't even like they didn't, ten they, seconds. They didn't even play it all out. Like it was getting too crazy that they had to like literally walk off the floor. They couldn't. They would have hit. They damn yeah. near hit me with a full beer can. They, like it was on the court. So yeah, so, yeah get, so like the get, fans, so, yeah, Providence get, fans were like taunting the them and everything like that, and and. Trey and Trey said him and Art felt some type of way about that specifically, and that's what led to what went down at MSG. Um, so I think it, it it tells me that these guys have they don't have like short memories when it comes to loss. They kept the receipts. Yeah, that's like they want to remind. They want to be like, all right, you got us. Now we're gonna make you pay for that. So I, that's why I think they're gonna get Arizona State back. Because like they, they know they, they shouldn't have lost that game last year, right? right. Exactly. So yeah, and it was at the crib. Yeah, you gotta you gotta get them back. That's what no I'm matter. saying. They beat it doesn't matter. Yeah, they beat them at CHI. Yes. Yes. Oh wait, great point. Because especially if he's saying that, because they they lost at Providence's place and said let's get them back at a neutral site. Yes. For yeah more weight. Oh, the way yeah. he, the way no, he they, said I'm, it. I'm I'm putting fifty on that game. They the way he Arizona said it State. was we're gonna he's like we're gonna we're gonna play them again. We're gonna beat them so bad. Like we're not gonna beat. He didn't say we're gonna beat them. He said we're gonna we're gonna like we're gonna thrash them. Like oh, I'm excited now. I'm circling this game. That's I'm what makes me think it twice. That, I, it makes me think they have like a little bit of like a like an edge to them. To like where if you get them, they are they're like out for blood. So I like that. I think that they'll remember that. So I have them going two and zero in Vegas. I just think the matchup with BYU. I just think it, they match up really well in that type of game, and I think they have better. Like better skill, so I think it'll, it'll. I think it'll show. Yeah, be uh, that was like it, that was a game last year. Remember, like everybody was kind of nervous. Like, oh man, BYU. Uh, they have so much experience, so much firepower, and Creighton really didn't hardly break a sweat. You know, it was just like they have better dudes. Yeah, I'd be really surprised if something happened in that game. That was kind of a no brainer to me. I hate to underestimate no. the competition, but I am. <laughs> you are. He's just like I'm just nervous. It's good. So what do we have? We got six, seven, eight. Is that right? Eight and two non con. Eight and two at this point. Well, that's it. That's the non con. Yeah. Yeah. So that's two, three, four, seven, eleven. Why are we off? I like that. I'll take it. I'll yeah. stand on that. I'll stand on that. Me too. So I think we're at nine and two. Yeah. Oh, I, nine. Here's a. We're both at nine and two non cons going into Big East, and we both have the losses coming in, um, in Maui and at Texas. But I have them. No, you. We have both of them losing to Arkansas. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So all the wins and all the losses, all the wins, all the losses are the same. The wins are different. I have them beating 
uh, San Diego State. You haven't beaten Arizona. All right, time to get in Big East play now. So that starts December sixteenth. Um, I'm looking at. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the schedule for this game because I'm realizing I really want to go to this game. Marquette game. Oh yeah. Why? You know I'm a huge. I, I think Milwaukee's one of the most slept on cities oh. that I've gotten to play at. I've gone on this yeah. rant on this podcast before. Oh, yeah. for anyone new, I'll I'll save you the troubles. Milwaukee slept on city on real basketball environment. Pfizer Forum is literally a spaceship and it's awesome to play at. Nicest visiting locker rooms. We feel very comfortable and that's why we won there our senior year. So anyway, we digress. Oh, and we won last year too. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The, Jay- the Jays are three and oh at Pfizer, I think. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because you won you won your junior year. Oh yeah. You no, four and oh. Oh How yeah, was Pfizer? Was it was Pfizer uh, oh, there think... when when you guys beat them when they were top ten? Was that the first year for that arena? I yeah, because not... the last year the the last year the Bradley Center was Marcus and Kyrie. Oh I yeah, I was, I was there. So yeah, so you're the Jays are four and zero at Pfizer Forum. Yeah, I'm gonna have to book this flight in the morning. <laughs> so I'm going with a win. Okay. I'm giving. Yeah. I'm, I'm going with a win there, and uh, okay. obviously I wouldn't. Be flying out to a game if I thought he was going to lose. So yeah, yeah, I'm going with a dub there for That's sure. Fair. We're starting off the season right. We can't be the favorites that we can't be the the princes that were promised and you know fumble the bag in the first Big East game. I mean, we could, but hey, I don't think we're gonna. Yeah, I definitely now that I now that I just rehashed it in my mind that they're four zero in that arena. I'm not calling the first loss. It's just gotta, it has to happen on its own. It's like one of those things like you don't bet against history. You just wait for history no. to, to change. You know. So that's true. Yeah. I got a dub like there too. Easy. Easy. Plus, dubs. I don't know. Like Marquette, I think Marquette's gonna be a little a little bit better offensively than they were last year. But I don't know if they're gonna be as tough to score on. I mean oh my God. honestly, I'm sorry. The, the second half of the year they weren't hard to score on at all. But I'm just looking at the beat. I, I don't know why I haven't re looked at the, I don't think I've looked at the beginning of the schedule since it came out. Who blessed us with this early schedule? Bro, well, first of all, can I just ask you, you knew we were going to be breaking down the schedule on this podcast, and you told me you just look at the schedule for the first time? Also, but I I, I mean, but, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I didn't know the, the first half of it. I have my, like, picks, everyone, but I okay. didn't know it was going to be so much well, green here. You know there's an explanation for this, right? Like, Oh, yeah, yeah. You guys are Nova this year. Oh yeah! Oh whoa whoa whoa! Stop! See here, you doing the thing? You doing like the you're the stop. you're the favorites? You're the favorites to win the Big East. They're gonna give you a, a path. Why, why would we? Why would we say this on here? Why would you? We don't I talk mean, like that. We don't talk like that. And so this is the Big speculation East media pod, day right? is next not, week. This is the speculation pod. We, this is the one and okay, only speculation. Okay, pod. but we make bold, bold claim pod. That's like nervous? halfway through the Hold year. Up. Okay, you're getting all nervous now. This is the speculation I'm not nervous, pod, Jordan. Man, I'm you're not nervous. nervous. No part I'm of me is nervous. Right I'm not panicking. panicking. Right I'm really not. I'm just saying. Can we leave the bold claims until no. like halfway through the year? No, we can no, speculate about now. the wins and losses and tell them what's going to happen. That's we we but, just we just speaking facts. All right, you are Nova. You are you are given the Nova red carpet treatment this year. The Big East is you're going to be the pre, Creighton's going to be the preseason favorite in the Big East. Not unanimous, honestly. Like I don't know who else is. Maybe Xavier might get a couple votes, but like they're going to be the preseason favorites, the prohibitive favorites in the Big East this year, and they're going to get the Nova red carpet schedule. Like here's all you know. No, nice, you know what? Nice, I'll take it. 
I'll take it. Yeah, I don't know why you're shocked by that. That was like apparent from the jump. As soon as the thing got released, it was like, oh. I think I'm just so used. The Big to, East I'm, is like trying. The Big East is trying to like make sure Creighton gets a nice like nice path to coronation here. You know. I'm sorry. I think as just I'm sitting here, I'm just having too many flashbacks about how grueling our schedule used to be. Yeah, how we used to just is. come out yeah. the gate and be playing like. Nova and Providence. Savior, Nova, Seton Hall, beginning of the year. Both undefeated teams going at it. And I'm like, yo, we got the like last year, right? In, bro. Last year, two of the fr- last year, this last year, this team had to play their two, two of their first three games against Nova. Yeah, what happened? They used to try to set this up as like a collision course <laughs> for two undefeated teams, and now it's like, nah, go go rack up those wins so we can just get hype at the end of the year. All right, well that's I'll what's take happening. It. Yeah, see, it's Marquette, I'll take it. and then it's Butler, DePaul, it. and Seton Hall at home, and then you get UConn and Xavier, bam, bam, on the road. Like, see, they set you up for like yeah, a nice just, little... there's you only need to use one bam. There's just only one of those schools needs a bam. Oh yeah, I forgot. <laughs> just saying, that's a cold line. I like that. Like that's not a bam bam. This is a bam. So. Just one of them is bam. The <laughs> other ones, I don't even. They don't even get a. What do we call it? What's, what's, what's our thing? Fraud alert, right? Yeah. Yo, fraud alert. Fraud, fraud alert. alerts. All right. Oh, sorry, we're getting distracted. Butler at home. Dub, right? Dub. You know what? But I, so one of my hot takes of the year, like my pre, the preseason hot take, one of Butler or St. John's, not both, but or. We'll make the NCAA tournament this year. One of them. Interesting. I'm leaning St. John's because of experience and talent back, but I don't hate Butler. Manny Bates, dude, they have a shot blocker now. Butler does, finally, after all these centuries. They finally <laughs> – when was basketball invented in the 1800s, right? Yeah, you're going to have to come back to me like three games they into finally, the year. For they the, finally have for a that, shot blocker, that, Jordan that's Curry. A, that's a hot take. Butler has a shot blocker. Yeah, Butler has a shot blocker, but we have Ryan Kalkbrenner. No, hey, you know, listen, I'm not talking about beating Creighton, but you don't have to beat Creighton to make this for a tournament. Like, that's different. No, 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 no. I, yeah, I get it. But, like, I'm just saying, Butler never has a shot blocker. Like, you could dunk on Butler your whole career. Like, they don't have shot blockers. They have little wow. dudes. I love when they you like, hype me up like that. <laughs> they have, like, below the room vertical wall dudes. You know what I mean? Fundamentally sound dudes who take charges. And shit. Yeah. And I mean, they're, I mean, I guess they're, they gonna, have a, they're gonna erase shots this year. Butler is it's gonna be crazy. Some, but is that gonna help with the? That's not gonna help with the three point percentage they get put on their heads by some of these teams. Yeah, that's. I mean, you know, I didn't say they were gonna win the Big yeah, East. Yeah, no, you gotta give me be. three games before I start making claims on Butler. I need to see them play in Big East Conference play for three games before I make a claim about them in the NCAA why talking, tournament. I'm why do you start talking scared in hour two? All of a sudden, seriously, who is scared? Who is scared? I said we were making predictions today, and you're like, eh, yes, we're making know. predictions, and now you're out here throwing hot takes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This is the one and only receipts show. This is it. All right, all right, I'm putting well, them all out me, there. Let me get my let me get my takes ready. Let me get yeah, back. Yeah, I'm I'm waiting for them. They're not you're like you're like saving them all of a sudden. Let me all right, so we got well, we both got dubs against Butler at home. Then the Jays are gonna play on Christmas Day. Jordan Scurry. Oh god. Let's just let's go. just let's just let everybody know what Christmas Day is like for a Creighton basketball player. You guys come so, back to campus from hanging out with your families and eating all that junk food and all those sweets and opening up all those presents and like sleeping in every day. And the Christmas Day practice is literally the worst practice of a D1 basketball player's life. I mean, you guys look inept. Like, you never played basketball before in your lives. It's by yeah, far the uh, worst practice okay. all the time. 
Okay, here's where I got to take this from you. Here's no, and, I got to take this. And, no, it is. You guys are a mess on Christmas. Okay, yes, yes, but you're not painting the picture right. All right. Oh, First of all, sorry. let's go back. Let's go back. I'm gonna so mute usually, myself. Sorry. Usually, what happens? All right, to the people listen. Let me let me really give you how it actually happens. Not just going to tell you it's the worst practice because we was eating junk food. No, that's not why. Let me tell you why. So what happens is usually we play the last game for Christmas break. Usually. In the past, would have had happened on like the 21st, 22nd, maybe even 23rd, right? Then you go home for a few days, whatever, whatnot. And that first game would be the day after or a couple days after Christmas. But nonetheless, you would be flying back to Omaha on Christmas Day. So yep. for those of you who don't know, I'm from Boston, Massachusetts. There are no direct flights from Boston, Massachusetts to Omaha, Nebraska. So your boy faithfully spent four Christmases in the Chicago O'Hare airport for a good a couple good 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 amount of hours because I had a layover there. Um, not to mention I had practice at six, so my legs were dead. Um, and uh, two of those years I actually six had PM, the flu. right? Six, I'm, sorry. PM, I'm sorry, yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm not done. And oh. so, and so, two of those years, I actually had the flu. I was very, very sick. But, but mama ain't raised no, you know what? So I was out there trying to, trying to compete, trying to be back out there with my teammates. Two of those practices, I definitely threw up because you have jet lag. Like I was on flights at eight in the morning, um, traveling, trying to trek my way back to Omaha, only to be ready in full gear, practicing in freezing cold winter in Omaha but you needed to be warm because you had a game the next day and you needed to lock in. And I wasn't locked in. I miss my mom, man. I miss my (laughs) mom. I wasn't thinking about nobody practice. I was missing my mom on Christmas. So, so that's why the practices were bad because everybody missed their families. Not because we was eating junk food. All right. Get that part straight. You were also eating. Oh, definitely. Definitely. But that's not the, that's like of of the factors that led to why the practice was bad. It's like miss my family up here. Candy is like the last one. That's the last one. All right. I just had to paint that picture for those who could make it through my rant there. Thank you for staying with me. I apologize. My bad. All right. But yeah. So So anyway, interesting. Interesting. They're going to play on, yeah, they're going to play on Christmas this year. So they're probably going to go home after that. I'm assuming, but yeah. that's okay. I I kind of so they don't play like again until the third. So I think they're gonna. That's when they're gonna get their break. I kind of like that better. So you and like I just you think, like just sticking around, staying in, yeah. and staying locked in, yeah. and playing the game but, and then booking it. Yes, yes. I much rather had been with my family. Like even if I got back late, late, late Christmas night, and then the following days after, because just the way my family usually does Christmas, like everyone stays around for a couple days after. That's I know families do it differently but that's just my personal take on it um but yeah no it, i think it's actually a very cool i was actually just talking speaking to my mom about the christmas day game and she was just like well they can't take away christmas i was like they're not explaining to her that they were going and then she got on a better note about it and was like okay well i kind of like that because like that would be kind of fun omaha on christmas day if that became you know tradition type thing where they could go home after like that's that's a fun thing for the city of omaha to have on christmas day no how you think? I actually that was my question for you. How do you think the city would like react to it on Christmas Day? What what type of crowd do you expect to have on that game? This is a Sunday afternoon. That's the other yeah. thing. This was that's it, cool. I think it's that's I think cool. it's I think it's set up to have like a good little family atmosphere. 
I really do. Yeah, man. Kids open their presents and then get to go see some good hoops. And that's what you mean. have to just watch it on TV. Can actually go yeah. see it in person. Yeah. So yeah, no, that's my thoughts. I mean, I like I like it from the other from one one specific angle. That's like everybody. I think Creighton's gonna get some new eyeballs. I mean, DePaul too. Let's not be totally disrespectful here. DePaul's playing in the game as well, but like I think it's a chance for people who haven't like seen Creighton to see Creighton. Because everybody, oh, wa- everybody sure. watches hoops. Everybody watches hoops on Christmas. You know what I mean. I didn't even think That's about that. Like too. A thing to do. So like, I think there's going to be like a new. I I think the ratings will be good, and I think it'll be like a new. I don't know. I think they'll like you'll reach some homes you haven't reached before. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. And I didn't even think about too because you said some new views. Like even all the people coming home, like who are from Omaha, that like, go to college elsewhere, and all yeah. that getting to come home. I think it'll be a good crowd. I think it'll be a cool. Oh, crowd. for sure. I think it's going to be a crazy good crowd because it's, it's three thirty, Sunday afternoon. Like, I just think that's a good time and a good day for Christmas too, especially. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be a good atmosphere. The outcome think, is yeah. self-explanatory, right? We don't even need to go too deep into that one. Yes, like I said, I don't know how many times we're going to pick them to lose at home this year. Um, so yeah, sure. I got that. I got that dub. You got that dub. So that's three and zero starts yes, a Big East play. All right, then they're gonna go home, uh, spend holidays with their families, come back after New Year's. So no New Year's Eve game this year. They're gonna come back and play Seton Hall at home on January third, Tuesday night. That's usually a pretty good, like Big East battle. Tuesday night, seven thirty, Seton Hall. Seton Hall beat them last year at home. Beat them twice actually. Killed them in in uh, Newark and um, beat them on Senior Day. But we got so the again, Shaheen Shaheen team coming out. That's this right, year. the Shaheen Holloway squad. The Devin Willard's gone. Team. Devin Willard's gone. I just don't see. I'm, I'm not. I don't think they're going to lose that one either. I just don't know if they're going to lose at home. I don't think so either. I don't feel it. I don't feel it there. Definitely not. I think a team would have to have much more continuity and. Um, all that for me to believe that they would knock this team off at home yeah. this year. And I don't think there's very many teams in the big East that have that type of continuity. And I guess, yeah. Trust in each other as a squad to be able to knock off the Jays this year. Okay. At home. All right. All right. So next is uh bam, 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 or bam for Jordan um, at UConn and at Xavier back to back. So they'll, they'll play at UConn on Saturday, 11 AM. So it's a morning game. On the East Coast, so well, that's noon on the East Coast then. So eleven a.m. Omaha time, but noon on the East Coast at UConn, and then they'll play at Xavier on Wednesday. So I don't know. Is that like that feels like a trip they might stay out there for? Right? It'll be like, do you do you come? I don't know, but Xavier's probably a short little trip, so they might come back Sunday and then leave for Xavier after that. What do you think? I, no, they'll come back for that, right? They won't stay and come back to Xavier. No, will they? I don't think so. Yeah. They'll come back for that one for sure. I, don't I, think, did. I yeah. agree. Because you can come yeah. back Sunday, have a rest day, practice Monday, practice Tuesday morning, fly out. Play yeah, and that Sunday. way, yeah, you don't have to pack as much. Yeah, they'll definitely accommodate for that one. Uh, yeah. But the UConn one, another one, self-explanatory. I'll be at that game. You'll see me on TV. Don't worry. I'll probably rush Ooh. the court for no given reason. Uh, and Creighton's going to win that one. Uh, but the Xavier one, you're saying, yeah, it's at, this one's at Xavier. Mm. This one feels a little setup-y to me. Does little it? setup-y. 
Little no, setup. It's, it's a Wednesday night in the middle. It's only a midweek game. You don't play until saying. Saturday. You don't play yep. again until Saturday. No, I just I just feel like it's a little setupy me setupy to me in the sense that it's like it's a Wednesday can get mm-hmm. complacent at that part in the, that time in the season. Okay. It's like middle of winter, but I still got to win. Feels like setup, but I still got to win. So you got to Jesus, I don't know where you're going to pick a loss. I have that as the first loss right there of conference play. Cuz I think Xavier's going to be really I think Xavier. Don't take this personally, man. Okay. I think I think Xavier's gonna be really good. They won the NIT last year, and they bring back a lot of dudes. Uh, and then Sean Miller, I think, is an upgrade, not a dramatic upgrade. I think you know people are going a little bit crazy with that, but he's an upgrade over Travis Steele, in my opinion. So, yeah, I don't know how I feel like, about them boys yet, dude. I don't think I, I think I would be shocked if Xavier misses the NCAA tournament this year. I don't know how you win the NIT. You bring all those dudes back and then miss the tourney. That's like that's that would be crazy to me. Yeah, you'd, have to have, you'd have to have some shit ass chemistry to blow that. Like that's a huge springboard. Yeah, we'll see. Xavier's are kind of, Xavier's kind of like the Chargers of the NCAA to me. So he could, some some shit could happen. I don't know. What that is so good. I never even I've never thought of that. But they are kind of like the Chargers, like the Big East, aren't they? Yeah, like, we'll see. But like, man, y'all should be way better than you are, aren't you? Like, yeah, every year, every year. <laughs> they look ter- you look at them on like, paper, and you're like, yeah. oh man, Paul Scruggs, yo, he can he can hoop and defend all positions. And then you go out there, and you're like, yo, I thought you could defend all positions and be the point guard and the shooting guard. And you're like, whoa, 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 what? Yeah, I don't know. That's funny because I think I was on Jahens's podcast too. And I think I was asking him like who he thinks like the most talented team in the Big East like every year's, and he said Xavier, but they never win it. That was too funny to me that you both think that it must be like yeah. a thing in the Creighton locker room where you like look at Xavier on paper and go, why are they like middle of the pack? What's going on? Yeah, I think that's usually what it comes down to is like it's just the projection just never meets the product. <laughs> that's too bad. It's too bad, Xavier. All right, so back home for Providence on Saturday, one o'clock. I don't, uh, I, I don't know what to feel about Providence this year. I don't feel like they're going to be. I don't know, man. They just they, had, they lost so much. I don't feel anything about Providence. First of all, I don't feel any type of way about that school. Um, yeah, I don't know what to think of them. I guess I don't think of I don't think enough of them to think they're going to beat Creighton in Omaha. So I got dub, dub. Okay. So Jordan's rocking seven and zero, and then you go to Hinkle, the new and improved Thad Mata Butler Bulldogs at Hinkle. Uh, that one's kind of weird too, because like you play Providence on Saturday afternoon, and then Butler is Tuesday night. So like you just kind of spark out the weekend, and you're going to Hinkle on Tuesday. How do you feel? Uh, Hinkle's just such a hard place to play, man. That is such a tough place to play. But like I can't say everything I said about not even being sure if they're an NCAA tournament team. Yeah, you were say that they're gonna and say they're gonna lose to them. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go dub. Fucking Homer. Yeah, I'm gonna go L here. I think Butler's gonna be sneaky good this year. And Hinkle just is Hinkle's goofy. I hate Hinkle. Do you have any thoughts on Hinkle, Jordan Scurry? I mean, I, burn it, burn I it think, the ground. all right, how about this? I think. No, don't change your pick. I'm not. Of, no, that. I'm not changing my pick. Come on. I wouldn't do that. But I think okay. of the two games, 
I'm more nervous for. I'm actually more nervous about the game at Hinkle than I am Zay- them losing to Xavier, like you were saying. Oh, hmm. interesting. I don't know if I would go that far, but I know what you're saying. Because you're just nervous about like the Hinkle magic and all that bullshit. The Hinkle magic, that's the lull in the season, man. That's the time. That's the time I get worried about. Like that. It does feel like Tuesday nights on the road in the Big East are hard. Oh, it's very you know, tough. Because you're weak. Like Monday's Monday. You know, you're just like coming back from the weekend. You got to practice and get ready. And then Tuesday, you got to play somewhere, especially Hinkle. Feels like feels like Tuesday night at Hinkle is where Villanova always gets cracked. You know, yeah. Even, even they lose there. Wow, yeah. a lot of Creighton Villanova references here today. Is 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 that that's really how you're feeling, huh? We're just the new Villanova in your mind. We're not the new Creighton. I mean, Villanova is like the runaway favorite every year. So this year, Creighton's gonna do was. That. Yeah, <laughs> he's like not anymore. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna be straight here with you on the next one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven. Yeah, I'm going to say the next seven are dubs for me. So that's St. John's at home, Xavier at home, Georgetown on the road, Nova at home, at Seton Hall versus UConn. Is that seven yet? One, two, three, six. Oh, at Providence, too. Seven. So those next seven are dubs for me. Wow. So you have, wow, you got the seven game winning streak then. Or no, that wouldn't even actually be. Oh yeah, you said they they lose to the but wow. So you got the seven games. So it's what's the first game? The versus St. John's at home. They're not losing St. John's at home. So you got St. John's Xavier at Georgetown, Nova at home. They're not losing to Xavier on the pink out game again. They did last year in embarrassing fashion. That's not happening two years in a row. They're not losing to St. John's at home. They're not losing to Georgetown ever. They're beating Nova at home. They're I'm not sweating chicken yet. They're winning at Seton Hall. UConn, I'm not I, – I, I already said, I told you, I'm not picking the first loss in the series. They haven't lost to UConn yet. I'm not picking the first loss. It just has to happen. So that's a win. And then at Providence, like I said, I just don't know what to feel about Providence. I don't know how to feel confident enough in what Providence has from a personnel standpoint to pick them to beat Creighton. So that's why. Plus, Providence beat Creighton last year with – Hulkbender was hurt. Nemhard was out. O'Connell was hurt, and when they played him again, they didn't have to play him in Omaha, remember? They they were there, uh, and they went through walkthrough, and then everybody started getting COVID, and they left. Remember that? So Yeah, I kind of want to go back. I kind of want to go back and revise my pick. I got the – I got. I think the Butler is going to be the 1L there early, and then, yeah, because I got the same win streak there. I can't even tell you. Oh, so you I don't want to see a lot. Yep. So you don't well, want to my... a crazy win streak, right? You just want. No, I see us. I see the butt. Yeah, no. Because you're already I eight. Do. No, I do. I'm going to say Butler's okay. the one loss in the East. It's going to be crazy. One loss. Well, besides, okay. could lose, could lose. I'm looking at the rest of the schedule now, and honestly, it's just like the the only one I was even up in the air about going down the rest of it, especially because yeah. we have these home games down here. It's just an over game at their place, but. Yeah, so those are the only two potential L's I see is Butler at home and Nova at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Sorry for honestly, the re- honestly, the rest of the schedule, I'm only picking a Nova loss at, at Nova. That's it. I think they're going to win. So you have one. the three losses. So, I have, have, so have, I have, I think, what, that's seven, I have them 17 and three in Big East play. Yeah, I'm going to go Butler lost and then just Nova loss. Those are the only two I see. 
All right, so you're 18 and two. Yep. So that's what let's we ride. To ride. Let's ride. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm rocking with. So that's the men's side of it. Um, so where does that put them at? For me, that puts them at 26 and five going into New York. I feel like that's like a two seed at worst. At, at worst. No. I, I, th- I thought we were going to now. I thought you tried. We we're just speculating. We're going to be the one seed, man. We're going into that. No, yeah, not New York. I'm talking oh. about the NCAA tournament. I mean, oh, oh, not, yeah. yeah, two. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Two seed worse. You know two seed worse. Yeah, yeah. I think twenty six and five is a two seed at worst in the NCAA tournament. So you're at you're at uh, twenty seven and four. So you're definitely you're probably you're on you're on the I definitely think you're one I think you're on the one line going into New York. Yep, for sure. Yep, with going into that, New York. Twenty seven and four with that schedule. If those guys, if the, if all the teams on that schedule turning out, out to be as good as they. Could be, yeah. We both might be on the one. I'm line. standing on it. I'm standing on it. All right. Uh, time for the flip over to the women's team. Flan squad has uh, six, I think. Yeah, Emma Ronstick, Lauren Jensen, Morgan Molly, probably Bachelor, Molly Mogensen, Rachel Saunders. So yeah, they have six of their top seven scores back from an elite eight team. Um, that's pretty good. Right, and 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 so we've already. If you haven't listened to the podcast with Molly Mogensen on the Patreon page, (laughs) Jordan, I think Jordan would really like it because I pissed her off like quite a few, quite a few different stanzas there, because I kept asking questions about like expectations and like. Let me just tell you where I'm coming from on this. I'm not used to all these Creighton teams talking about like natties and Final Fours. It's a jarring experience for me. I'm used to people being more like, yeah, we want to like compete for, you know, Big E seeding, go to the NCAA tournament and like, you know, just kind of see what happens kind of thing. And that's not what's happening. Something is going on this year. I don't know where it's coming from, but men's soccer team is talking about it. The volleyball team is talking about it. Men's basketball is talking about it. Women's basketball is talking about they all want to win damn national championships. Like all of them. They all want they like they want to have like all these it's crazy. I've never seen so many people on campus at one time talking about winning national championships at the same time. It is it's it's not I'm not used to that. So it's yeah, catching it really, me. So really Molly went. got mad at me. She like looked at me like I was crazy. And I kept asking her, like, you know, what do you guys think you can do this year? Like, what do you are you are you trying to push like are you are you trying to like celebrate the Elite Eight? Or are you trying to like be better than the elite eight team and they like she wants to win a national championship like she said it multiple times and i'm just like wow i just i've never heard that before so it's it's new to me too i'm learning how to cover teams that have that chip on their shoulder i just do love the confidence that's oozing out of this women's basketball team at Creighton right now i, I do love it like the morgan's energy just in everything she's been saying this off season is infectious because yeah. i am now so all the so more her, excited her quote her quote with the march madness people got you feeling some type of way right yeah definitely because yeah. so I, so they, let's just rehash the quote for the listeners like the autumn johnson for the ncaa.com or march madness um asked morgan molly to fill in the blank Morgan Molly is, and she said, a quiet killer because, you know, I'm not going to do too much, but you'll feel me. And but you'll my, feel me. My but God, you'll is that, feel me. You'll feel me. 
Like that is the coldest walk it off. Like don't even say another word quote. And it's so true of the way she plays too. Cause like you don't like, you don't notice her as like a talker or a personality, but you notice her when she starts filling it up. So it's like, she's that that could not be a more accurate description of herself. And I feel like when you got yourself figured out, you're a problem. Cause like, cause you know, you're bad. You know what I mean? And, I think and that's, a, that, that's just a microcosm of how I want to feel about this team all year long. Because I feel like just they can, killers. you know, just quiet killers. They're just yeah. creating out here. You know, they're doing their business, competing in every game, you know, winning some, losing some. But about the time the end of the season comes around, like end of the regular season, you don't yeah. feel them by the time they get to March right. Madness and get rolling. So, yeah, I, that's that's my motto for the women's basketball team this year. So that was the crazy thing you about last year. You're going to feel us. Yeah. So that was the crazy thing about last year's team was they, like, like you said, they were 23 and 10, so they lost 10 games. But you felt them in all of them. Like they lost mm-hmm. at Drake. They lost at Drake, but it was only by three. It was at the buzzer. They lost at Nebraska, but it was only by five down the stretch. It was like back and forth. Uh, they lost to South Dakota at home. Uh, that was like one of the craziest regular season games I've ever seen. Shot making was insane. And I'm not surprised both those teams made the Sweet 16 and went further. Uh, they went to UConn, lost by eight. Uh, at Villanova, got uh, shit whistle in the fourth quarter, and Nova won by 10. Um, they were up at they were up at half against UConn at, in the rematch. Uh lost by three at Marquette. So final position game. Lost by six to DePaul at home. Uh without Morgan Molly, she had a broken nose, and Lauren Jensen was sick. Lost at the buzzer in the Big East tournament against Seton Hall. And then lost to South Carolina, who whipped everyone's ass last year. So like that's what I mean. Not she just she wasn't just talking about herself. She was talking about herself, but she wasn't just talking about herself. Because every time they got beat by somebody last year, that other team felt them. It wasn't like they didn't get dog walked. They didn't get dog walked until South Carolina. And and the crazy part about it is, ask everyone on that roster. So here's the other here's the other crazy part, and this is where you underestimate how competitive they are, because in in my mind, I think when you play somebody who kicks the shit out of you, I think you get like afraid of them, because you know they kick, you know they can get the kick the shit out of you, right? Like oh they beat us so bad, like. They're so physical, so talented, so so skilled. You know what I mean? They got like WNBA stars all over the map. Like, how do we, how do we, how do we rock with that? They, they got beat by South Carolina, and like they want that back. That's crazy to me because, like, I feel like there are levels to this thing, and there there was an obvious one there. But they they came back from the Elite Eight and went right back into the roof and started like holding their own practices and um like doing their own open gym runs. Like none of that is coaches like organizing that. It's all them. And that's new for women's basketball, man. I'm telling you, they have like hoop junkies on this team and they want, they want to play South Carolina again. That's a new men. That's a new mentality. I think that what, what that speaks to, especially cause I'm just trying to think about even the games, right. That I've been in where you have that hunger, even after a loss, it's the games where and it's well, it's when you know your team so well that it's like it's not that they're that much better than us. Even whatever the score might be at the end of the game, you still yeah. felt in the game. You still yeah. felt like if there was just a little bit of a difference, we're still there with like two minutes left to go in the game yeah. to be able and be in a position to win it. Because that's that was the common theme, obviously, like you just highlighted for their season last year, where it was they were they were competing in every game. And I yeah. think that 
whatever went wrong in that, they took it upon themselves to self-correct, get back in the gym and say, like, even as early as they did, say, like, hey, we're not that far off. And like we even used to say that about there was certain. I just remember some games where we would have film breakdown after, and it's like the little things, whether it be like not boxing out, not closing out, and then like every time like Mac would write a point for like that, and it's like oh if we did this and hit some free throws, it's only a five point game with two minutes left. Like right, we're five point game with five minutes left. Like hey, and and, and who knows what happens that. in South Carolina if you hang around long enough. They start to wonder when you're going to go away. You know what I mean? And I that think they felt that. Yeah. That's what I think they felt, and I think that's going to propel them into this year. So I'm excited yeah. that they are feeling that, and I'm excited they so, feel that type of motivation. One more little tidbit. I'm not going to say who told me. I want to keep it. I want to keep it hush hush. But um, someone close to the program told me just to give you an idea what this team is kind of like, how they tick. Um, so Paige Beckers for UConn obviously tore her ACL in an open gym uh, game or whatever, and uh, she's out for the season. So that makes UConn a little bit more susceptible in the Big East, right? So you would think you would think that teams in the Big East are like, oh, cool, like maybe we got a shot to to win the title this year and beat UConn because they don't have Paige. Like, it, I've heard now that Creighton is not happy about Paige being out for the year. They want to they wanna play UConn with Paige. Like, that's what they – that's like kind of like they're not – they don't want UConn at not full strength. So that to me is like, damn, this team just wants all the smoke. Like they want everybody at their best because they want to find out what's what. And that's what I mean. Like they just, I I don't, they're wired different, man. They just are. They're dogs. They just want the country to fill them. They just want yeah. the country to fill them. That's yeah, it. they do. It's crazy. It's crazy. All right. So let's go down their schedule real quick. Um, so the one funny thing about, uh, their schedule this year. They're playing two exhibition games because they're not playing a close scrimmage. Normally, for the last decade plus, I think 11 years, they had played a close scrimmage against Iowa at Iowa every year. But <laughs> because the Jays ruined that party last year at Carver and Lauren Jensen was like, yo, you could have kept me. Um, <laughs> Iowa, Iowa, Iowa's in their feelings about it and they don't want to play Creighton anymore in a close scrimmage in the preseason. So, that thing got nixed because of what the Jays did to the Hawkeyes at Carver last year in the NCAA tournament. So Creighton's playing two exhibitions this year. That's why uh, you'll see two, yeah, two exhibition games and not one. Um, so then they start at South Dakota State, November 7th, Monday night, 7 p.m. in Brookings at Frost Arena. South Dakota State won the NIT last year. Over They won the, won the championship over Seton Hall. They beat them by like 40. Bad. They picked bad. Um, and South Dakota State has like all of those players coming back from a team they barely missed the NCAA tournament. They lost by a couple points in the Summit League Championship to a South Dakota team that ended up going to Baylor, winning at Baylor, and going to the Sweet 16 and pushing Michigan all the way to the wire to just miss the Elite Eight. So that's how close South Dakota State was to make the NCAA tournament. And they got all those players back. And Creighton has six of their top seven scorers back from an Elite Eight team. That's going to be the game of the day. Try the game of the week in men's or women's college basketball. And I'm mad that ESPN isn't all over that shit and hyping it up because Frost Arena can hold like upwards of like 5,000 people and it's crazy intense. I've been there before for crazy games. I think Sydney Lamberty's freshman year, she actually beat them 
with a crazy comeback. A bunch of Creighton's top players fouled out, and all these young Jays like had to like brave frost and come back. It was like 88 84, a crazy shootout game. Um, that place, that environment is crazy, and it's one of my favorite games on the schedule for either the men or the women because both those teams are loaded. Um, with with the experience coming back from last year, and that's where I'm going to be on opening night. That's what I'm saying right there. So I don't know how that's going to go though, because Frost is tough, and South Dakota State lost to the Jays last year when they um, were in Omaha. So yeah. So you got to. I need to score something. You got a slugfest. I can see the way you're looking at me. Like Like, I'm ready. Oh, here we go. I think this one's going to be in the 80s. For sure, Ooh. I think it's gonna go like Colorado. Like the, I think it's gonna look like the Colorado game, not style wise, but like score wise. Okay, I think it's gonna be a shootout. Because South Dakota State's one of the both these teams are two of the best three point shooting teams in the country. I think South Dakota State's number one. And I think Creighton was like top ten. So there's gonna be it's gonna be a bomb fest. So, so who's gonna win? Yeah, it's so tough too because every time I said like. Every time I say to someone that's on the women's basketball team, like it's gonna be a tough game, I'm like, why are you disrespecting us? Like they get really mad when I when I, when I act like yeah. they could lose this game, and I can see that by the way you're looking at me too, that you're like, I dare you to pick South Dakota State, you punk. You're like, I, I do, I do right now. I'm daring you to do it because I'm not, I'm not at all. Um, I think I'm gonna though, because like they're at home and they won the NIT and they're gonna be like Frost is a hellish environment, man. It really is. People don't know about Frost Arena, so That's I think cool. I'm gonna. I, th- I think it's gonna be a shootout. I think it's gonna be an epic game, but I think the Jackrabbits are gonna hold. I think home court's gonna matter. Yeah, that's I think, cool. I, think I don't. I don't think so. He's like, this I is think, our I last. Think that, I think they finna. Like, this is our last episode that. of Scrub. How dare you? No, I think Ooh. they on it. I think I got Creighton in that one. Okay. All right. Damn, I gotta. I gotta go. I hope they don't listen to this podcast. That's bad. Oh, they will. I'm getting the yeah, I know they will. I know I'm, they I'm will. gonna clip it up and send it to them. Don't you worry. You are gonna send it. <laughs> I already told you that. I gave you a disclaimer. You are gonna snitch. I know it. All right. So the next one, they're at South Dakota. I think they're gonna win this one pretty handily because. Yeah. Uh, so a couple things about South Dakota. One, they had the coaching change. Their coach last year went to West Virginia and took one of their best players with them. Um, and then their point guard, who was kind of the young gun on last year's South Dakota team. Transferred to Nebraska, so I don't, I don't. People, I saw that South Dakota is kind of in, uh, you know, still getting some kind of like love from in the off season, but I think they're going to go through a bad year because they just they lost so much. I mean, Hannah Shervin went to the WNBA; she got drafted. Uh, like I said, their coach left, took one of their best players with her. Maddie Crow went went to Nebraska, transferred to Nebraska. So like, I just you know, and then. Uh, What's her name? Lamb. I don't know her first name. I can't think of it. She was their best player. She's gone. So they had a lot of COVID seniors last year, and that's why they were awesome. So I just don't. I don't. I just don't know what they. I, I kind of feel the same way about them as I do Providence. Like they just lost too much. So I think Creighton wins that one. So I think they split the South Dakota road trip. You're not picking them to lose that game. Not if you yeah. haven't won at Frost. So come on. Yeah. <laughs> All I'm right. So about. that's yeah for sure. All right. Game three is Nebraska at home, DJ Sokol Arena. Last year was a five-point game in Lincoln. Sam Hybee for Nebraska, like their best, their best guard. I think I'm confident saying that she's their best guard. Definitely their best shot creator. 
Uh, she's out for the year for Nebraska. Dub. So that's kind of that's kind of a hit. Dub. That's all I needed yeah. to know. Dub. Yeah, I got a dub too, and I would have had a dub regardless of Ivy's um status. Uh, at Northern Iowa and at UNO, dub dub, dub dub. At Xavier, definite dub, definite dub. Um, okay, so you're undefeated right now, and I have one. Loss. Here's the one. Um, Here's the one. At Villanova, Maddie Segrist, Big East Player of the Year, All American, came back after having the best year of her career. Uh, Nova Creighton beat Nova without Maddie in Omaha last year. Lost to them with Maddie in Philly. That's my first that's, loss. This is your first loss? First loss. Okay. Uh, this is the game that I have Morgan Molly establishing herself as the like one of the best players oh, in the Big East. Oh. Um, so this is I'm calling this one as like kind of like I guess this would be the surprise dub because I think everybody expects Villanova to be really good. Um, but they lost Liar Garzone to transfer. She was like their number two scorer behind Maddie. Um so yeah, and I think Morgan Molly is going to kind of be like, I think this is where the quiet killer shows up and makes makes Maddie's secrets and Villanova feeler. So mm-hmm. I actually plus last year Creighton was playing really well at Nova, and I, like I said, they got a terrible whistle in the fourth quarter. Like I, I just I think Creighton lost that one back. So there, fair. fair. St. John's last year Creighton and St. John's played twice in Omaha. It went down to the wire. Emma Ronsick had a thirty piece. Did. Um, but in in the rematch in Queens, uh, Creighton hit like twenty three or twenty two threes and blew the doors off them. Like it was like one hundred five fifty nine or something crazy. Um, so yeah, I don't know. St. John's is freaky because they kind of like they really helter skelter. One year they'll be like just dogs defensively and you can't score on them, and it's like a race to fifty. And then other years lately, it's like. You they can't stop anything, and you just like you're in these shootouts with them. So, um, but I feel like Creighton's offense is just too high level for them to keep up with. So I have I have Creighton uh, going three and zero in this Big East road trip from Thanksgiving through early December. It's kind of a weird weird little. They have like three. The, yeah, games the way the their schedule non-time. is spaced out is very weird. I didn't know if it was yeah. not normal. You know, obviously, the schedule better than I. So it is a very it's, weird, oddly spaced out schedule. It's normal to have like, like one or two Big East games in between. Yeah, but not not three like this where you have because they're they're gonna play at UNO on November twenty second, and they won't play another non con game until December tenth. That's kind of strange to me. Yeah, very. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, back in the non con at home against Drake. Last year they oh. lost to Drake. Last year they yeah. lost to Drake. They were down big in the first half, and Morgan Molly went bananas in the second half and came back, tied it. I think they actually took the lead, uh, but they lost on a three pointer with two seconds left um, in Des Moines on opening night last year. So I think they get this one back. Yeah, see, this is, is the that- game I actually think that Morgan will go crazy. Weird. Am I crazy to think that? Because like, no. I know she did last year. I know she did last yeah. year, and mm-hmm. I know it's probably like that's. Just like whatever, like putting those two things together. But I think this is the one. It's at the crib last year. The way they lost, yeah, she's gonna be out for something this game. Yeah, because uh, the other, yeah, the other thing is at home, and they're gonna have quite a, they're gonna have kind of a break because they'll play at St. John's on Sunday, and this one won't be till Saturday. 
So they're going to come home, get some rest, have a good week of practice, and then play Drake. This is actually where I like what Flynn did with the schedule from a non-con perspective. Because it's Drake December December tenth. This is he gets really good at scheduling in December. Yeah. He spaces these things out for people, uh, for their team, and they usually play pretty well in these games. So I think they I think they're gonna win against Drake at home for sure. Then they get the rematch against Arkansas. Uh, they obviously that was kind of the surprise of the non-con last year where they went down and handled Arkansas pretty good. Um, after the short turnaround, they played Providence, then traveled down to Fayetteville, then played the next day, and. We're just like a machine. So yeah, I don't see them losing to them at home this year. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't see it either because I just don't the way Arkansas plays it like I just don't think they're uh I don't think they're smart enough defensively to defend Creighton. I think you have to I think you have to be intelligent to defend like you have to be an intelligent defensive team to defend Creighton because they run so many actions at you and their movement, you have to read what players are doing and you know, I just think that was really eye-opening from an offensive perspective last year because you saw how lethal Creighton's offense can be when it's just reading and reacting. Because in the first half against Arkansas last year, they were just bombing threes. Arkansas was like giving them a lot of space on the perimeter, and Creighton just lit them up from the from the from the arc. In the second half, Arkansas was heating them up on the perimeter, like they were in their jerseys and everything. And that's when Creighton started back cutting them to death. So like that was like where I was like, oh man. This team adjusts on the fly and reads defenses really well and plays off each other really well because Arkansas couldn't stop them at either juncture from the three or from, you know, when they were starting to read screens and back cut and everything. It was it was a show. So I don't see how Arkansas beats them in Omaha, especially when Creighton's going to have a whole week to prepare for them. That's a long time to give Jim Flannery time to prepare. So, yeah. And I think last year I said, He's like 20 and three in his last 23 games when he has like four days or more to prepare for you. Like he's yeah, doesn't, he doesn't, he yeah. doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't lose those games. He's like Belichick with a, with a bye week. Like he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't, yeah, he no, doesn't, I give get, it to him. he doesn't, that's yeah. true. It's crazy. Um, December 20th, the non, the game of the non, I mean, no disrespect to South Dakota State, but this is like Stanford. This is you Stanford. Know, one of the best programs in, in women's basketball history. Against one of the best coaches in women's basketball history, Haley Jones just signed a Nike NIL deal. One of five players, like in the country, to do it. Um, she's a stud. Cameron Brink, Steph Curry's girl, she's a stud. Uh, they have the best recruit in the country, Lauren Betts, coming in. She's six foot seven. Um, she's going to be a stud. But man, Flan loves to kind of just like, hey, what's up? Let's go play. Let's see what happens. So they're going to Stanford. Why not? Go to you get to go to nice sunny Northern California yeah. on December twentieth. Play a basketball game. You ain't got to wear sweatpants and boots too on the bus. Yeah, no, cool. I like the way you thought of it, right? Yeah, so yeah. That's uh, probably what went through Flair's mind. That man want to wear some shorts on the way to the sure. shoot around. Sure. He, he ain't yeah. trying to put that coat on all year, all winter. So these this this team won a natty two years ago and they were in the final four last year and lost to UConn. So it's, it's a lot of the same players back. Like Haley Jones was the final four MOP two years ago. Um, you know, she's bad. You know, so, so you ready? Uh, this is where I think yeah, it was. Are, how crazy I wanna I wanna see how crazy you're gonna get because you're undefeated right now. Yeah. So you're are you staying undefeated? No, I got a lost the Nova. 
Oh, you did? Did you pick a Lasa Nova? Yeah, I got a L to Nova out there, please. Sure. So here, here's here's what you got. Here's here's what you got. They're gonna take an L to Stanford. Yeah, I have the same thing. But this is beautiful scheduling by plan because they're gonna take an L, but then they're gonna beat UConn. I knew you were gonna. I knew you were gonna hedge the bet. I knew it. That's it. Yeah, like that's I think it. Plans like we gonna go. Too. We gonna go to sunny North California, play a Final Four caliber team. Play this team that everybody thinks is what. And what did you just say about how they reacted in losing last year? Like yeah. to a team like that, they don't feel far off. Let them get in that game. Let them just show spurts. That's mm-hmm. all I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm looking for. All I need is something that game that like gives me enough confidence, which they will. I know they yeah. will. They'll yeah. give me enough confidence to know that they're gonna be UConn next game. And so, yep, I got them. W UConn next game. So I like I like how much guts Stanford, you have. W-Con. I like how much guts you have for calling the the one. I'm just gonna say they're gonna split this. Okay, that's cool. I'm that's, not gonna that's, say, I, that's I interesting. I don't I don't know which one they're gonna win or lose though. But they're gonna win one. But I but I know that I know they're going one and one. I know they're gonna yes, win this, one. Yes. This, okay. This. All right. I know they're gonna win the one I said. But okay. Okay. Because I don't know, I don't know which one I feel the best about, but I know, I know Conference when I look at this, like this, this Arkansas Stanford UConn split there, I think I like two and one in that. Because there's a yeah. lot of days in between for to prepare on the on the bookend part of it. Mm-hmm. I think when you give Flan time to prepare, it's a bad news. Yeah, go see your families. Come back. It's a nice little Christmas. Ah, come back. We dubbing UConn. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. This one, December thirty first, I'm really excited about because there's it's, it has some significance to it. So they're at DePaul, which is always a firefight because coming off a win at UConn. Yep, <laughs> Anissa Morrow was the freshman of the year, national freshman of the year last year. She's bad, um, and it's on Big Fox, and it's the only game Ooh. in the Big East that's on Big Fox that doesn't involve UConn. So to me, that's like mad respect to Creighton. And DePaul, but because DePaul's got a good program too. But like that the fact that Fox is televising the women's basketball game that doesn't involve Yukon or South Carolina or Tennessee, that's a big deal, in my opinion. That's a huge deal. So I think that game's gonna be crazy. Um Wintrust Arena, it's always a shootout between those two teams. I mean, last year was in the seventies in, in Chicago, and then it was ninety to eighty four in the rematch. So like, you know what I'm saying? So call your shot, Jordan Scurry. No, you call it first. You're gonna give all that. Come on, give it. You call it first. Okay. Well, I think it's been. I think it's four straight years now that the the two teams have split the season series on mm-hmm. each other's home floor. Does that mm-hmm. that makes sense to you? They've so they've won. They've, they only they win at yeah. each other's place. Yes. <laughs> I think it's oh, wow. I think I think it's happening. That's four interesting. Straight, yeah, four straight years. Creighton wins at DePaul and loses in Omaha. So yeah. Um, I think I think they'll win at DePaul this year again. They just like I think they just like playing at Wintrust. I don't know why. Yeah, I Maybe have it. Actually, yeah, I got it down. It's just because of all the mental fortitude that it's going to take to dub that UConn team. I had an L on this one. Yeah, short turnaround. I had I had an L there. I, I got you. an L there. I'll I'll, I'll, right. I'll stand with my initial decision. All right, three straight home games: Providence, Marquette, Seton Hall. So let me give you some reference here first. Uh, I mean, Providence is kind of a tricky team to play because um, you know I don't, they have they have some 
athletes and they, they have some size. So it's dub. always kind of a tricky Crate game. and dub. Crate and I'm dub. With, I, I, I understand. I have a dub too. Marquette is physical, right? It's a physical game because they just like to muck it up and play a 60 possession game. Um, take away your tendencies. And then Seton Hall is the last home game on this on this trip or on this homestand. So the Seton Hall one, I'm telling you right now, Creighton is going to be – If I don't think there's going to be a game that Creighton is up for more on the entire schedule than Seton Hall for a couple reasons. One, uh, Seton Hall knocked him out of the Big East tournament last year. Uh, two, Andre Espinosa Hunter, who – is not with Seton Hall anymore, but last year she broke Morgan Molly's nose with a crazy flagrant foul that didn't get like near the punishment it deserved. Um, so she broke Morgan Molly's nose. Morgan couldn't play against DePaul. He lost to DePaul at home. And then in the Big East tournament game, he elbowed Rachel Saunders in the face and didn't get in trouble for it either. And then went off in the fourth quarter and they won by one. So I think Creighton is like going to be bloodthirsty when they see Seton Hall in the gym. And I think dub, that's going to dub, dub. Yeah. No, I got like, I have dub against Providence, dub against Marquette, and then dub in all caps, underlined exclamation points with like two dubs, one, two dubs like, in one game. Yeah. Like <laughs> dragon that's fire. Possible. Yeah. Like your car race, like oh, dragon wow. fire, like bad dub. Like oh, wow. circling that one on the calendar. Yeah. Circle that one. Just to remember what, and then ask me why you circled it. Like why did I circle the Seton Hall game? And then I'll just text you the box score, and you'll know. You'll remember. Bet. Okay. And then they have to go to Hinkle, which doesn't have the same juju in the women's game that it does for the for the men. So last no. year, Butler was one of the worst teams in the country. They fired their coach finally after many years of me saying, why does he still have a job? Um, so Austin Parkinson is the new coach at Butler. He was at IUPUI before that. They made the NCAA tournament, pushed Oklahoma last year. Um, had uh, I forgot her name, Macy Williams, I think is her name. She was a stud, um, but famously walked out of. Famously got a shot to make the Mercury in the in training camp and walked out of practice because she wasn't in good enough shape and didn't like to run. So that was the way that ended. Um, it's probably so, yeah, what happened he, the Celtics gave me a tryout right now, too. He's like, don't worry, Macy. I do the same thing. <laughs> um, yeah, so at Butler, uh, they're going to be better, but I don't know if they're going to be good enough to beat Creighton yet. So dub there. Villanova home, dub again. Dub. At Providence, at Georgetown, dub, dub. Dub, dub. Versus DePaul. Versus DePaul. So this is the trend I told dub. you about. Coming back. This is a dub. I got this as a dub. So you finally. I think it's gonna sweep. flip this year. I think it's gonna flip this. No, no, no. I said. Oh, you said lost. Paul's gonna right. win at their place. Yeah. This, this year it's gonna flip. We're gonna take an L at their place. So we'll be coming back and get them around at home. Got you. Okay. Yeah. Dub for me as well. Dub against St. John's. Not losing to Seton Hall again. Drakaris. No. Uh, Xavier not on their level. At UConn. L. L. Okay. Uh, Georgetown Dub at Marquette. I have L. Oh, yeah, I'm with you. Are I was you? gonna change. I was gonna change it. I okay. did. Yeah, I have it. I, I was just, gonna change it. <laughs> I was gonna change it because you said L. It's just a that. really physical. It's just a battle. It's just a contrasting yeah. styles game. You know, they're yeah. they they just Marquette's really physical. They they limit possessions. They cost turnovers. They don't score very well, but um, 
Yeah, they're just tough to beat on the road. That's all right. We ended off the season with a dub. Yeah, Butler dub senior day going to the Big East tournament. So what do we have? I had one, two. I think I only had two Big East losses. Same with you. I have three. No, you have three. You have three. Marquette, UConn, and DePaul. Yeah. So I'm 18 and two. Maybe good enough to win the Big East this year, depending on how UConn does. Yeah. And you have 17 and three. So that, what's your record overall? You had losses to Stanford. That's Stanford. That's it. And no, so you have four losses. Man, you might you might have the women on the one seed line too. Mm-hmm. You Kool Aid drinking motherfucker. You sure got both am. teams on. You got both teams on the one line. It's just seems like flexing. What's up? Um, the pride yes. of the Midwest, Creighton University, baby. That's right. All Coming right. Well, that's everything all. That's, we couldn't. That's all we got for our our men's and women's basketball season preview. Here's all our predictions. Keep the receipts. Save them for later. Let us know how we did. We honestly, this was a pretty Kool Aid pod right here. I don't know if we're gonna have another year like this where we drink this much Kool Aid, but that just tells you like what we think of these squads. They have a lot back, a lot of talent back um, off of two really good years, and they have a lot. I think the thing that that is per, the prevailing theme with this group and local media days tomorrow. So you're gonna see it all in the quotes and everything and the sound bites. They have a lot of swagger, both these teams do. A lot of belief in their ability to make deep runs in the NCAA tournament again. Um, so it'll be fun to watch it play out. But this was our one and only speculation pod. You got all our predictions. After this, just purely analysis. So for Jordan Scurry, I'm Matt DeMarinas. This has been your Scurry in the Scrub um, men's and women's basketball season preview. We out, but we'll talk to you soon.